それでも言いたいこの僕に何ができるって言うんだ窮屈な箱にはの現実を叶えるために何ができるの It's the Red Leaf Retrocast. It's episode 83. I'm your host, JD. Joined by Tori since day one. But we yes. also have a special guest today, Tori. We have? Yes. Oh, man. Is it Hickey? Who are you? I no, am it's K. not Hickey. Oh, I am K. I am K. Just the letter K. Just the letter K. Keep it cryptic. <laughs> and who are you? Where are you from? And why are you here? Well, I normally do wrestling stuff with you on the wrestling cast. I also have my own wrestling podcast, but this is anime, and I watch a lot of anime. See, see the crossover, Tori. I do. The, cross- the crossover is very apparent. Anime yeah. and wrestling is just the same thing. Just one's uh, well okay. animated. First of all, lice. <laughs> Second of all, we have a wrestling podcast. <laughs> I will. I will stab you. <laughs> oh, you can't. You can't even travel. None of us can. Says you. I have ways. It'd be a long walk. It'd be a long walk. (laughs) On the agenda that I didn't make for the podcast, we are talking... What do you mean? Of course you made it. Uh, Wait, yes. Yes, I did. Uh, We are talking uh, a couple more seasonal anime impressions, uh, because we are on the up and up (laughs) on this stuff. Yeah, uh, totally. 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 Absolutely. 100%. (laughs) Exactly. So we got a couple more shows there. We're going to give our impressions. And our review, which is what brings you here, Kay. Yes. A certain totally not Evangelion clone from the early 2000s called Ra Zephin. Not Ra Zephin. Or Ra Zephin. Or not Evangelion. Totally not Evangelion. Totally not. Uh, Tori, how would you pronounce the show? Uh, <clears throat> I would hmm. pronounce this as... Yes, Rossifon. Rossifon. Yep. I like Rossifon. <laughs> I, like I don't, but that's okay. <laughs> it doesn't deserve to be pronounced correctly. That that there there's the teaser for how I feel about the show. <laughs> all right, that was nice talking to y'all. It's a uh, review's already <laughs> over. I guess we're going. That's a wrap. I guess right. <laughs> How's everyone been the past couple weeks, Tori? I've been, uh, you know, 
busy a lot of mm-hmm. studying a lot of stuff and now putting furniture together and you know those like you know those like um kind of infuriating things like they're not really you don't really get mad but it's a little bit annoying you know like when you're putting together a couch and then you have to like put the screws into the holes and you have to like put the back on properly but then it turns out that the holes are like slightly off so you have to fucking just get that thing in even without bending it and breaking everything and you have to fucking fix that and spending a long time on that until you eventually get it yeah that's that's what i've been doing a lot of fun it sounds like me just working with tools in general sounds like a lot of fun it's it's very much fun you describe these things as worse than ikea (laughs) yes because you know ikea is the idea behind ikea is obviously it's supposed to be really simple to put things together well we didn't go to ikea for this mostly because i don't like ikea but that's a whole different tale um couch i'm sitting on is from ikea okay fantastic so we went to another place and we bought a uh, (laughs) we bought a nice couch uh and you know tori are you saying my couch isn't nice Yes, I am actually. Oh. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, the uh, like so the harsh. manual that we get with it, it's essentially just like four uh, four pages, like four sheets of paper, which is totally fair. But um, yeah, no, three of those sides are in different languages. Nope, they are. <laughs> the, there is there is not a single word written. It's just uh, it's, it's just pictures. Ah, clip art made from word and thrown ah. on a piece of paper. Uh, no, that's that not very helpful. It. But, yeah, I mean, like, it's not like you don't understand. It's nicely fucking illustrated. It's not a it's not a very challenging concept to understand what the fuck they're doing. However, it's just kind of when it's like, oh, look how easy this is. Oh, it requires two people. Yeah, well, that's okay. We have two people here. We can do this. Um, have everything been measured properly? Like, is the holes on the right side? Well, no. That's one <laughs> thing. And then, you know. It doesn't really take into account a lot of stuff, so it's fucking... That was a pain in the ass to put together, and then when everything doesn't line up properly, and you're wondering why the fuck it doesn't... Why doesn't it put together like it does? Like, fucking... Ah, oh, yeah, you're just supposed to shove the back into the fucking armrest. Fantastic. Uh, the the holes don't fit. Uh, it, it doesn't fit the holes. Well, shit, son. I don't know. Fix it, I guess. It's like, great, fantastic. Where so, follow-up question. <laughs> Why, oh, why did you buy this this inferior product? <laughs> why? Well, there was a couple of reasons. I don't like IKEA. Uh-huh, okay. Uh, and uh, we actually went to IKEA. We've looked at a bunch of different couches from all over the place. Uh, and uh, we went to IKEA for one of them. Uh, I didn't really like what they had. So we looked at a bunch of different ones. I looked at one with, like, um, cup holders in between the seats. That was what oh, I really wanted cool. because I have a I have a tiny room and I have a fucking uh, table here that I want to get rid of, but uh, to kind of open up the room a little bit. But that couch was just way too expensive. This couch was it's it's decent, it's nice, it's comfy. It's, it's a pain in the ass to put together, but it's fine. And you know the it wasn't particularly expensive either, so it cost me like I don't know four hundred fifty bucks or something like that, which is not that much here. So when you run on couch. When you can't put holes in it, when the holes don't line up, just make new holes. That's my logic for it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I would normally agree with you, but it is one of those things where it's like the holes are, they are just kind of off. So it's like if you start drilling new holes, it's like you just make a bigger hole and then the hole is too big. 
So it's not, it's not that simple. We just had to, uh, <laughs> we just had to, um, essentially we had to make, gra uh, make gravity work. So we just had to like flip the couch upside down and then put shit under it and like have the fucking gravity just press the fucking armrest down and then we could finally insert it. But, you know. Sounds way too much work. I just made another hole. <laughs> yeah, but I, I'd like I'd like the thing to actually stick together and not fall off because the hole is just. Otherwise, we'd have to drill whole new holes everywhere and then fucking get even bigger screws to fucking put in there. But nah. Yeah. Nah. There's also a joke there. There are jokes everywhere, and I'm <laughs> perfectly not going into that. Ah. <laughs> uh. So yeah, that oh, sounds been... like a lovely weekend. <laughs> uh, it's been uh, it's been it's been fun. My knees hurt because I've been fucking sitting on my knees the entire time. So you know, that's that's fun. It's not even like not even a problem like when I walk or anything like that. It's just like I sat down. I didn't realize anything until I sat down and I put my hand on my knee and I'm just like, oh my god, what the fuck is this? What's, what's wrong? <laughs> Did I just do physical activity? Oh, gross. <laughs> No, no. It's, it's on the outside of the knee. It's just like it's right under the kneecap because I've like sat on like fucking hardwood floor the entire time Ooh, with my knees. It's like yeah, it's not good. Should have used the uh, the box the thing came in. Just kneel on kneel down <laughs> on that. No <laughs> box. <laughs> no. Did it come in like a shopping bag. <laughs> no, I came uh, wrapped in plastic and like other stuff. There's like multiple parts to it. It's like five parts. I don't think I want to buy this, uh, buy a couch from this location that you got. <laughs> no, no, that sounds way too, uh, too cumbersome. Eh. Not What's really. up, kitty cat? Oh, he's here. Hi. What are you doing? Shock horror. Shock horror. Kuma shock. What's the podcast? Kuma shock. As always. Okay. He's currently laying down next to me. Let's see how long. Cue, cue the timer <laughs> until Before he jumps he pulls... up on the mic table. <laughs> Before he pulls the mic cord out. Oh, God, that was a disaster. <laughs> a disaster. Okay. So, shall we uh, stop beating around the bush and get to these the rest of these summer seasonal impressions we have? Sure. Tori, do you approve? No, that's okay. Okay. Let's <laughs> see. <laughs> Mock funny! Hell yeah. Mokuri has been attained. Oh, that's what you did. Okay. That's what I did. It's yeah. to inform you, Tori. NK. Yes. It's very important you guys know what the thing you can't hear. Yeah. Uh, yes, yes. Very important. Yeah. <sighs> K. Yes. We've had requests on the podcast for one of us <laughs> to give our impressions over ReZero Season 2. The thing is, none of us have watched it. <laughs> Ah, lucky for you, I've watched both episodes so far. Well, I've seen two episodes of season one. Ah, uh, should watch Fantastic. more, but it's good. It's good, should watch more. I, I have technically watched more Charge Men Ken <laughs> in my even, lifetime not than ReZero. <laughs> that is depressing. <laughs> nah, nah, Charge Men Ken was amazing. It was okay. It was definitely uh, of its time. Maybe a little less so. It was not even of its time. <laughs> <laughs> it was not. We've seen better shows of its time. <laughs> well, it wasn't animated, so... Or that sound effects, or... Music, yeah. It didn't or have a lot of things. Anything. <laughs> it was like a slideshow. 
<laughs> oh, we have we have covered show. an anime that's basically a slideshow, a manga panel, <laughs> if you will. That was <laughs> only, way back. Only end. Only, yeah, only the end, but it's still part of it. Yeah. So, okay, you are here to give us your impressions over ReZero Season 2, or, as its full title is, ReZero Ka- Kara Hajimeru Isikai Sekatsu Second Season. No. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay, fantastic. Yes, Great. Did yes, I get that right? Did I do it? Just perfect, right? No. Perfect Japanese, I know. You're welcome. Not even close. So, uh, am I allowed to go into spoilers? Well, the show's been out for more than four years, so I would say be ginger with it. Oh, because season two's got a lot of cool stuff that I really, really like. And I would have to go into somewhat spoilers, but I'll try to, to keep out of it as best as possible. So, uh, eh, just do the best you can. If, if you need to say something, go ahead and say it. I personally don't care. And okay. I'm sure anybody watching ReZero second season, I assume they watched the first one? <laughs> well, I'd hope so. Otherwise, you're going to be really, really lost. So spoil uh, the shit out of this show for me. <laughs> I don't know, JD. You're the sort of person who normally likes to go into second seasons without watching it the first. Well, I am weird sometimes, okay? No. <laughs> really? Yes, me. <laughs> That's just, I can't understand that. I could, I could, I'd be lost. So, uh, season one. Season one was very good. Uh, you have to watch, obviously, the director's cut that they put on Crunchyroll to sort of get some of the stuff in season two because they cut a whole story, like side story arc out of the first season uh, with uh, Patra, the little maid girl from the village. There's a whole story Where, with her. But when, did this, when did this director's cut come out? Right before uh, the second season. Oh, uh, leading God. into the second season, yes. It came out about what? The spring season before the season that um for second season even started. It's uh I highly recommend watching that version if you haven't already to get into this one. Um or just read up on the light novel portion of that story. It's not that big of a deal, but you would you be kinda lost at the beginning from some of the stuff that's mentioned. Um but the What is Reed? Well never heard of her. You know. <laughs> who is Reed? Well, who's Rem? <laughs> that's that's another Ooh. question. That there was a there was a meme that came around when the first season was over of who's Rem. Well, we find out where that comes from. Rem is not dead, like most people thought. Rem. So the seven witches. To start off with, the, there's seven witches. They're all dead except for the witch of envy. So the witch of envy killed all of them and distributed their powers to her archbishops. This is important because one of them, the bishop of um, I think it's Gluttony is able to eat your memories and your name, or one or the other. So if they eat your name, nobody remembers who you are. If they eat your memories, no, you don't remember anything. It's important, because mm. there's a character named Krush, who's from the end of the first season, after they killed the giant whale thing in the first season, who gets her memories eaten. But Rem gets both eaten, so she's in a coma state, and nobody remembers who she is except for Subaru, the main character, because he's unaffected by all of this. Why um, is he unaffected? Um, yes, so that has been re- that was recently revealed. So oh, all right. the the teaser had always been that the Witch of Envy was the reason why he had the return by death power. It has now been fully confirmed that is why he has the return by death power. And there's a weird dynamic with that that happened in the recent season, our recent episode, where she shows up. You actually get to see what she looks like now. Um, but um, that's a little it's a little further ahead. The second season starts off with them going to this place called the Sanctuary, which is like this dome buried off place that if you go in, you can't leave without these certain crystals, right? And if, if you're like a half, if you're like a half demi, you can't leave at all. So uh, in the middle, so in the middle, Tokyo Jupiter. 
Oh, well, listen, let's not insult good writing with terrible writing. <laughs> so the second season starts with us getting into there and then trying to get out of it or get the villagers that were put in there for safety out of it. Like Rosewall, the, the clown-looking guy, he's in there as well, along with uh, Ram. So there's this trial you have to take that only half demis can take that you have to, that you have to pass all three of them in order to uh, lift the barrier, right? Well, Subaru, being the special protagonist character, is able to take the trial, unbeknownst to him, until he falls into it, trying to go after Amelia. He meets the Witch of Greed. Um, Echidona, I think her name's pronounced. That's important. Yeah, nice. That is very, very important. She becomes very important throughout this season so far because she's the only one that both knows of his power and, as we later revealed, that she's the only one he can tell about his power because he spent this entire time not being able to tell anybody that he can return by death right so it's like a, it's like a stressful thing that's been weighing on him because he ends up every time he dies he remembers these people and all his experiences but they don't remember anything sure yeah as one does right there's there's an episode in season one where he's there to, right tori <laughs> return by death yes well, yeah. there's, there's, there's an um, episode in season one where he's trying to help Amelia do something in the city, and he's, like, screwing it up a lot. And she asks, why are you trying to help me? I've just met you. And he, like, breaks. And so that's a very, like, uh, a thing that's been weighing on throughout the entire series. To the point where he now, like, he'll, whenever he comes back, he'll mention that he has to do X, Y, and Z, otherwise X, Y, and Z will happen. And people around him are like, well, what are you talking about? And he, doesn't sure. make, and he doesn't even acknowledge them, because to him, he has to sort of disassociate himself until he gets everything fixed. Yeah, well, that's how I'm interpreting it, what he's doing. Because he only does it when he needs to continue to figure out what he needs to do to stop everyone from dying. When he needs to continue on to the next save point. Exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> and and oh, that's that's literally the joke. <laughs> yeah, oh, well, and they're completely randomized, too. Like, he doesn't know when it's going to happen. Because there's a part where he thinks it happens whenever he uh, runs into the, um, uh, the little lolly chick. I forget her name off the top of my head. The one in the library. He thinks every time he runs into her, that it's, it's where he gets a save point, but it's wrong, because he runs into her at a certain point, and he's like, why'd you save me? Now everything's going to save here. How could you? And then he dies, and then it doesn't matter, right? But it's trying to tease you, because you're not going to know when it happens, right? So this leads into like an episode where he has... Um, er, like Early on, he, he takes a trial, and his trial is that he has to go back and face his past, which it's a hint that Amelia has to do the same thing, but we don't know what she's dealing with, but we know that he has to uh, deal with his past. So Subaru throughout the entire first season and parts of the second season is a very socially awkward character. He tries to boast and act confident, and sometimes he comes off as a bit of an ass as a result, but he's not very he's not very socially adept, right? You find out why that is, because he ends up going, quote-unquote, back to his world, but it's more like his world built off of his memories that Ekidona is using. So I guess you get to meet his parents, who you don't really get to see, I don't think, in the first season. And you get to see why he is the way he is. Sort of uh, his dad's like a local legend, right? They can just do everything perfectly. And when he was younger, he could do everything perfectly. But as he got older, he couldn't anymore. So it went from, oh, yeah, you're his kid, all right, to, oh, wow, you can't live up to the expectations. And so that eventually leads him to being a shut-in. So that's why you find out he's like socially awkward because he ended up having to shut himself in. And there's this whole thing where he wants his parents to be mad at him for being a burden on them, but they won't. And it's just kind of like this really, really um, satisfying scene where he's just, he's confronting all of this. And then when he comes back, he's like a much better character. A much, he's like, he's overcome his sort of weaknesses. 
I believe a lot of the second season has to do with Subaru's character development as opposed to the first season, which was a lot of his development to some extent, but more developing the characters around him, like Amelia and Ram and Ram and all the world around him. This entire second season has been more built off of his character being developed more. So would you say this is a better way to go about a second season is focus on your main character? Oh, definitely, especially because we've already we already have Amelia established, Rem and Ram established. We got their backstories and their whole thing. Um, there's a few of things that are like left up to mystery, like uh, Amelia's backstory, Rosewall's backstory, but those things are probably going to be revealed later. But what, what we're at right now, focusing on Subaru is the best part because that, that moment where he's able to tell Ekidona that he can return by death, it's a two-minute scene of him just saying it over and over and crying. And it's very satisfying. It's cathartic because you feel for the character. Because you see what he's been going through this entire time. Like, I, I think Subaru is probably the most sympathetic protagonist I've watched in a series. Because you feel for him. Because he has to do, go through all of this and he has to keep trying to... Like, he was breaking, right? He's having these moments where he's like, oh, crap. Uh, why is everyone dying in front of me? I can't do anything. Why am I useless? Right? Like, he's the opposite of your normal Isekai protagonist where he just comes in with all the powers and the good stuff. He has no sure, powers. Sure. His only power is that he can die in return. So every time he has to come back, he has to figure out by using other people in order to fix the problems. But he sees the people he loves die. And every time it does, it doesn't, like, lose its effect after a while. He still sees Amelia die and it breaks him every time. Right? It's like a, it's a thing with him, right? And the, one of the recent episodes... They show the um, Witch of Envy finally shows up, right? And she's, like, engulfed this entire sanctuary in, her, in like, this shroud thing where everyone's dead. But her entire, like, dark shroud is all over the entire place. And you see her. And she keeps telling Subaru, um, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, right? Like, over and over and over and over again. So it's this weird obsession that hasn't entirely been explained why she's so obsessed with him. Mm -hmm. But there's a moment where she shrouds him, and instead of... Um, instead of, like, giving in when she's trying to force him by using her shroud magic and stuff like that to get him to force into love with her, he kills himself. And, like, there's this moment where the witch is crying because she, he kills himself. And it's, it's like, it, it seems like it has an impact on him. We haven't gotten any further than that just yet. Do you feel that a lot of these deaths in the show, at least going from season one to two, is more for shock value oh, than no. anything? Or does it actually have impact on the plot rather than just this... Uh, this... It always does. So right now he's died from three different scenarios that he's trying to figure out how to fix. So there's one in the mansion where um, the character from the first episode, the one that guts people, she's in the mansion trying to kill Rem, and he doesn't know why. She's trying to kill Rem, um, the new maid, and then another new maid that's like half-beast, and he doesn't know why she's there. It has probably something to do with a library. But when he finds out, he dies, right? So now he's trying to figure out how to get there in enough time to stop that from happening, right? So does it come across as like a horror movie kind of deal? Um, They get kind of graphic sometimes, but after a while, you're kind of used to the graphic. They're supposed to be graphic because they're supposed to be dying, right? It's not trying to, to make it sugar-coated. Like when they're dying, they're all like arms chopped off or like he's spilling his guts out. Yeah, cool stuff. Yeah, it's meant to be like it's, <laughs> it's meant to show you that, that him dying still hurts. That other people dying is still like a harsh reality to him, right? And then there's this other part now where he's he's like transported into this ice area where these rabbits are, which are like beasts created by the witch of uh, gluttony. So when he goes into the other world where Ekidona is, Ekidona's dead. All the witches are dead, but this is like a weird weird like dimension world 
whether consciousness still exists, right? That it's, right. it's that Echidona herself created because she's the witch of um of greed, more knowledge greed than anything. So we we've met we've now seen the witch of greed, envy, gluttony, wrath, and uh, pride. So we've seen five of the seven witches. All right, so there's still two to be revealed. Exactly. Uh, so that leaves that leaves some things more open. Uh, I take it that you are very satisfied with season two. That's what it sounds like. Oh God, yes, it's so good. Like he's so he's died with the rabbit thing, and he finds out those are beasts created by the witch of gluttony, like the whale. And so he has to meet her to figure out how to kill them too, because they're coming up on the sanctuary as long as the witch too. So it's like he's got three different things. He's trying to figure out how to move around. So none of the deaths come off as he's just dying for shock value. It's like this mm-hmm. thing he didn't foresee because obviously he wouldn't, right? Kills him. So now he has to figure out how to get around this. How to get around that. Why does this character all of a sudden not trust him this go round and kill and tries to kill him or does kill him? How does he work around getting that to not happen again? And sort of deals like that. Well, I'm glad you I'm glad you uh caught us up on all that. It is it is incredibly well done. Like I think it's uh really, really well written. It is the number one show on my anime list of the season. Uh Almost a full, well, it is a full 100,000 uh, viewers, at least on Mal, uh, more than The God of High School, uh, which is a show I caught up on, Tori, at you least did. for the impression-wise, and you were absolutely right. It's good action, but you just don't really have any context to really anything. doesn't really do a good job. The pace is just, here's a fight, here's a fight, here's a fight. Yeah, it's breakneck. It's, it's okay. Like, I understand what they're going for. They're not, like... The thing, the problem, especially with the God of High School, is just like, it's not much of a story to begin with. It's pretty simple. Pretty uh, Yeah, cliche. but when you skip over any sort of plot element to at least get you to know who a character is, at least their name, like, yeah. I swear, we, we didn't know, like, a, a couple of the characters' names until the second episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, so. that, that's That doesn't really bother me very much. Like, it's mostly, I think they nailed the beginning pretty well in... In God of High School, it is just kind of later on because it's like, it's the problem. Like, you know, it's the sad part about old tournament arcs. It generally gets that was like, fight. Okay, winner, new fight. Winner, new fight. Winner, new fight. And it's like, okay, relax. We're, I understand it's a tournament. I understand it's a long tournament. So I understand you can't spend a bunch of time on everything. But it's like, I feel like there are certain things that have been built up, like... A certain fight between friends, and then it's just like, what sure. happened? What happened? Oh, well, I mean, she she got fucking murdered. It's like, oh, well, great. Uh, we couldn't see that. Nope. Or right. Great. Yeah, it misses a lot. <laughs> or so. a wedding episode that comes out of absolute nowhere and doesn't explain anything. That confused me a lot. The whole wedding thing. <laughs> oh yeah. I was like, wait, wait, where did this come from? And why does this seem like it was supposed to have been built up? And I just don't understand what's going on now. I, they, they build it up at the end after it was all done. <laughs> oh, yeah, after it was all done. Job. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I watched I watched the first three episodes. They went by really quick because it's nonstop action. So at least that that is good. The action is well done. Oh, I do yeah. agree with you, Tori. Your your impression was uh was spot on. We'll see. Yeah, no, the the fight choreography in that show was just. Mm. Yeah, up until, very, it's up very, until the magic starts coming in, in which case it's kind of like. Okay, you know, I I, I, I I never watched Naruto, but, like, really? <laughs> that's a good example. That's what Because I, I remember it was that's what Naruto felt like at the end, where it's like, oh, we're not fighting anymore. We just got magic superpowers. Yep. Giant summons. 
cool. Well, it was really funny because I had completely forgotten one of the commissioners or whatever they're called. <laughs> when, mm. when Jin gets gets uh, gets on his nerves from taking the the food poisoning mango or whatever it was, mm. <laughs> and he just busts out to JoJo stand, and I'm like, oh right, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that honestly, like, and he's like, like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. This isn't cool. <laughs> no, I one thing reaction. I would have. If there's one thing I would have liked to see, I would have liked to see the fucking uh, Mappa like uh, do uh, Girls of the Wild, since that's pretty much the same tournament style. Makes martial uh, art fighting, just get that yes. same thing going. But you know that that Mawa doesn't have any magical powers or anything. It's literally just mixed martial arts fighting. I'd love that. I'd love that with the same fucking fight choreography and everything. Oh hell yeah! All right. Well, I tried out the show that Hickey was supposed to give his impressions on, and that is Decadence. <laughs> uh, supposedly one of the more underrated shows of the summer. It's uh, It has a 7.22 on Mal, so it's not that well-regarded, but the people that are watching it speak highly of it. I don't know. 131,000 7.22 was a pretty good score. Mm-mm, it's not. <laughs> no. No, 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 it's no, not it's on not. Mal. It's over a 7, and a 7 is good, and I don't care what people say. We cannot start getting into this fucking, ah, oh, it's not good, it only has an 8. Fucking hell. God damn it. Well, no. no that, that's Mal's just incorrect at that not point. Good. So, uh, it's by Studio Nut. Yep. <laughs> uh, they've done Yojo Senki, a show I wasn't a big fan of, but regardless, uh, the director is uh, Yuzuru Tachikawa. Uh, you might know him from a bunch of stuff he did with Bleach, uh, a bunch of key animation, uh, I know him from Death Billiards and Death Parade, uh, original creator and director of the show. So uh, he has a good track record. Uh, he also um, directed Mob Psycho mm-hmm. 100. So uh, he definitely knows something about fighting and uh, yeah, definitely a distinct little art style to him that he prefers. So I went in the show with kind of an open mind. And Kay actually watched the first episode with me. Oh boy, did uh, I. On this one. Boy, did you. And uh, let me just give you the little summary of what decadence is. After nearly biv- being driven to extinction by life forms known as the Gadol, humanity dwells in a mo- mobile fortress named Decadence. Built to protect humans from the threat, uh, it's occupied by what they call Gears, uh, warriors, who fight daily. Your attack on Titan... A scout team, if you will. Right. And tankers, those that kind of provide support. Uh, those uh, without the same skills as Gears. Our main character's name is Natsumi, who dreams of fighting, uh, who has one arm uh, from a, uh incident that took it out when she was young, meets this dude named Kaburagi. Uh, he is an armor repairman. He is, uh, he is a cleaner of the decadence, if you will. Uh, their chance meeting will shake the future of the world. Now, that last sentence is actually quite important. But uh, let's start with episode one, where you get the little backstory on the girl. She has a cool... She has a she has an old relic of a half-robot arm. Uh, it's her weakness. And the whole objective is to turn it into her strength, right? Well, she wants to be a fighter. Of course, they don't... Uh, she doesn't pass. But they don't use that word. They use the they use the word it, like her her application was just simply lost, right? So now she's stuck on cleaning duty with uh, with this dude, and the boss guy's name is Kaburagi. Said that earlier. Kaburagi is this like stoic, 
kind of uh, I hate life kind of do- <laughs> character. And of course, she's the she's the ganky ganky girl, right, Tori? F- follow me so far. Sure. Sure. Okay. Glad glad you're uh, excited yep. for this impression. <laughs> so of course they 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 kind of mix together. It's clashing personalities. Uh, he does. He she even tries to blackmail the guy into teaching him to fight because there's an instance where the cleaners kind of fall outside during a uh, gadol threat. And these gadols, how do I describe these? They are wacky alien-like blob creatures, I guess. Uh, very in powers, very in designs, uh, but they're they 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 range, so to say, um, range from massive kaiju's to being bigger than a human to the size of the human, and everything in between. So you find out that Kaburagi is this, like, super-skilled fighter, and uh, she is very excited to learn from him. They, you get a, uh, you do get a, like, montage of him teaching her. Now, episode two immediately begins. Now, first impression from Kay and I were like, okay, cool little world, interesting, okay, humanity's pretty much extinct, uh, all because of these creatures that are on earth now uh yeah we've kind of seen the premise before but good little art style excellent action bring on episode two am i right Kay? Yeah. i was like oh yeah this sounds like a good show it looks great it's amazing the fight could be great and then uh then episode two happens so episode two happens and it immediately starts going into and they kind of alluded to this in the first episode but it you didn't really understand what they were me- what they were talking about so episode two begins, and you're in like this armored car with these uh, mixture of colored fighters. Okay, so blue, green, purple, what have you. And I was questioning this in episode one. Why are some of these people uh, different colors and almost animal-like in a lot of ways? And they chalk them up to being a different race of humans. Uh, don't really explain it at all. They just go. Ah, it's a, they they call them the warrior race. Uh, they they're just they're just a a type of humanoid that loves to fight, and they're you know just trying to survive like humans against the Gedals. Like uh, okay, whatever. Don't I guess it's not that important. Well, as it turns out, they are avatars in a video game because there's an alien race that has made a great chunk of the Earth into this real-life simulation video game. Now, first impression on that was, ah, oh, it's just another, I'm actually in a video game world. It really it sucks. Than that for me. It was worse than that for me. Really, really sucks. Kabaragi is actually kind of in a ship. He's He's got this human avatar uh, on the decadence. So... Immediately, you're then told, because of this, you're told that everything you watched in the first episode has no consequence, right? Oh, they're just video game characters. They don't, if they die in the game, they don't die for real. The the good old joke there, right? So, keep watching to that point, and it goes into a big info dump on the rules of the game, does a little background over the avatars, and they can't, uh... They're not allowed to cheat in the game kind of situation. You got your alien overlords doing doing that. So I'm like, ugh, 
All right, I'll 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 give it a chance because we had initially turned it off because that's what we thought, Kay. No, I was not. I was not having any of it. No. Head into episode three, however, you, it starts to unravel that uh, humans actually have chips in their necks, and you learn a little bit more. Humans still exist. So what has actually happened is humans are now in the Aliens video game, and the aliens have avatars that look like humans. So there's a 50-50 mixture. Basically, all of your warrior race are the alien avatars, and the human-looking people are, in fact, humans. There are some aliens that do look like humans, because they want that avatar, they want to blend in more, but really they want to be what you and I would be in an RPG, make them look ridiculous or, you know, badasses kind of kind of deal. Uh, so, the, go- <laughs> the, the deal is, humanity in like 2044 or whatever, whatever the year was that they said, it explains that humanity fucked up the Earth so bad with pollutants and crime <laughs> and war that the alien race came and they're like, you fucked up your planet so bad. For a module fee, we can save your planet, but <laughs> now it's under our control. It's like a Earth is now under a giant alien corporation. This is why there's the line like, live life till tomorrow, be profitable. <laughs> So, humanity is just, okay, the race will survive, but you're in the world of the Aliens video game for their pleasure. And the reason why this video game exists is because the alien race is very fascinated with wanting to feel things like cold and emotions and blah blah Uh, All the things that make us human, the aliens find that fascinating, Okay. You learn Kabaragi's backstory, why he's uh, in the situation he is. Um, uh, There used to be a ranking system to be in this game, and due to circumstances with the top people, they cheated, and they got rid of the ranking system. So now it's it's more along the lines of a... I want to say World of Warcraft, but let's go with Final Fantasy uh, XI or XIV where there's massive bosses and stories that the aliens have made, and the journey uh, in the in this video game world is to uh, have humanity think that, you know, they can possibly leave Decadence and be back on in the regular world. So that's actually our premise, and it's 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 a lot more interesting when you keep watching. I'm still not totally sold on the video game part because now it's te- it's it's more about the instead of a survival situation it's it's really coming across more as this social political stance in which you know aliens and humans should actually live together kind of situation overcome this simulation world uh so it's not as bad as i initially um was enraged with uh how episode two started it does kind of put a different spin on the matters. Uh, you're you're gonna you can you can definitely see where this is going. Where uh, Kabaragi and Natsumi are gonna one's gonna fight for humanity and one's gonna fight to overcome the uh, the video game simulation, right? Even though it, it to humans it's real life, right? So 
the stakes are for humans, while there's no stakes for the aliens. They're just kind of taking advantage of the situation. So, uh, I'm going to keep watching it. Uh, it's not my favorite premise in the world, but I'm definitely interested to see th- where things go. Um, I still think Fire Force Season 2 is my favorite anime of the season. Just, you know, I, I liked Fire Force. I think Fire Force Season 2 is doing a better job of continuing the story. And even though I was kind of mad at Decadence and in, in its way it went about kind of explaining the plot and how we got to certain ways... It does bring me back by the end of episode three. So for once, the three episode impression rule did uh, did pay dividends. So um, if this sounds like something you're interested in, uh, I do recommend at least getting to the first three episodes. And then if it doesn't do anything from that, then uh, you know what you're getting to that point. So, okay, now I ask you, someone who <laughs> just dropped it hard like a rock. Does this sound like something you might be uh, giving a second chance to? Uh, no. It still feels like no, nothing really no. matters. And with the way you explained it, it definitely now comes off more generic e and less fun. Like, like it's just going to be, uh, we're going to fight to overcome the simulation and less of a survival thing, which I thought was going to be fun to watch anyways. And the video game part still gets me. It left a really bad taste in my mouth, especially because the second episode starts with telling you that what you just watched in the first episode was just an infomercial. Sure. And I'm like, okay, that's, uh, it's like the Final Fantasy X thing. It's like, well, everything didn't really matter. And it's like, okay, that's, I don't like when things do that. That's like the worst thing you can do for anything. So even if it sort of half matters, there's still parts of it that don't matter. And so I don't care. I have a hard time caring about the world and the characters, especially now, even though it's a, they're all real people, it's still a simulation. And that's going to ruin it for me. Yeah, it's it's still you know it it definitely brought me down for the series as a whole. I don't think it'll ever eclipse a certain, let's say, rating score that I would give it, uh, because of that feeling that it gave me that everything that I thought the uh, the world and characters were uh, turned out to not be true. Uh, most most in the the sense of the words. So that's it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Nothing mm-hmm. matters. Only well, nothing matters now. for one of the characters. It still matters for the our main character. Everything still matters for her. Yeah, uh, but something like everything half matters. Then that's still not good enough for me. It's just not. It, it left a very sour taste on my mouth to the point where I don't even really want to watch it. Hmm. Well, the people that are watching it thought that was a. It's a really cool twist. Uh, it puts a different spin on the genre that it was going for. I'm with UK. I I was I was in it for the genre I thought I was getting, right? And that's what's disappointing. So, I can see a lot of people on both sides of the coin. Tori, from hearing this, what side of the coin do you think you would you would be on? Are you more for the twist or are you more for that like first episode? I am way more for the twist than anything. Like okay. for me, I don't I actually like it when shit just changes. Not Obviously, you don't want to make stuff not matter, but in the sense that like I like that, you know, it's like the, uh, they used to fucking tired old trope, uh, uh, over and over again. Like, it's the, it's the Madoka effect, essentially, when you think you're getting one thing and then suddenly, bang, you thought, <laughs> this is not what you thought it was, right? And it's the, that's, it's hard to do, because obviously you don't want, you don't want to, like, you don't want to, like, overshadow what you did, like, you don't want to, you don't want to sit there and be like, oh, no, nah, none of this, none of this is real. None of this matters. It's not now the real story begins, right? But it's like, 
you do wanna I do like it when a show can capture that feeling of just like, oh yeah, I'm watching this. It's like fucking ReZero did it as well. It's like yeah, you go into ReZero and it's just like, oh, it's just another Isekai. Oh yeah, I see they don't even care. He's just like, oh, I'm in an Isekai now. Haha, <laughs> how funny. Uh, it's like the show does not take itself seriously <laughs> That's at like the all. Show in the first episode. It's yeah, right. Isekai. The show doesn't take itself seriously at all, and then suddenly it's just like, wait, hold on. What is this? That isn't. Uh, this is different. <laughs> I have no powers. I die and rewind. That's his only power. Yep. I die and wine. <laughs> I, not even. <laughs> you pay for you pay to dine, but you don't get the food. <laughs> like I like twists too. It's just the the it's the none of it like half of this matters or none of it really matters. It's just it just that part is what gets me. It's a terrible twist, or at least how it's executed is very very poorly done. I thought yes, and that's 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 a big issue I have with the show is its execution on how it went about the twist. I shouldn't be watching episode two, and it tells me immediately, at least in that moment, it does It does explain later, however, in that moment, it tells me everything, and we, we even think the main character is also fake, right? Yeah. We and, and the info dump of game information was also horrible. It was done almost like, immediately after that, like after you go to the, that weird world where all these characters look all weird. The first thing back in the world, you're in a, a, a bus and they're all explaining the rules of the game. It's it's yeah. horribly done. It was a terrible way to execute that twist. Yeah, d- definitely did not like that. Uh, it, it it was a flashback, but still, it, it wasn't well executed. It could, that moment right there uh, is is a gross misstep uh, for how this story was told. Um, uh, but again. I did watch three episodes. I am going to continue watching the show because I am still in it. I, I'm just repeating myself at this point. So, anyways. Not my favorite show of the season, but I am going to watch it nonetheless. Uh, so, I need to watch ReZero from the way it sounds. I oh, should yes. really get on this show. Yeah, it's, it's very, very well written. Uh, seems like a hidden gem. <laughs> I would yeah, say so really good. hidden. <laughs> well, the so the interesting thing about the the guy that writes the light novel is that he originally wanted, from what I gather, he originally wanted to make a fantasy series. Hence, why the world's so fleshed out and well done. But was mm. told to make it an isekai because isekai sell. So he just does what he does with Subaru and makes an even better story all together. So I think it's very very good, uh, incredible. Probably why he did the joke in the beginning then. Oh yeah, it's exactly why I did the joke <laughs> in the beginning. Hey, isekai. Anyways. I, mean, I, can't, I can't shoot lightning out my hands. Huh? What's my powers? Surely someone's gonna come tell me what my powers are. Dies in the alley. Oh, huh, got no powers. What's going on? Oh, cool. I get the shitty part of being in a in another world with none of the benefit. <laughs> oh boy, does it get shitty? It's like, oh hey, I die horribly and see the ones I love die and they don't remember anything, but I remember everything. Ooh, that's torture. <laughs> Fantastic. And I have to listen to that guy constantly talk talking to me like, do you want to buy some apples? God damn. It was, uh, yeah, that was done a lot. But I think the repeating in the beginning was uh, done to get you the idea. Because he's, he's figuring it out, and you as a viewer are trying to figure out what he's trying to do. Yeah, I mean, I, from my perspective at that point, it's like, I think they do that too much. I think it's kind of obvious what's going on. It's worse than a light uh, novel. It's like four or five pages of oh light novel. Oh, God. They only do it like I right. think two or three times in the episode. All right, boys can't stall any longer we have to cover razafan we have to review the show all right 
Sure. I'm going to play a drop I've only played once on this podcast, and that was during the Psychono episode. So this is just going to be a, uh, the the line from that show that made me uh, kind of... Anyways, I'm going to play it, and we're going to review Razafon. Chisei is cute, but slow. She's little, timid, and on top of that, really clumsy. <laughs> yes, Razafon. It, it is not Evangelion, <laughs> although it really, 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 really wants to be. Oh boy, does it. So let me tell you the information here. Came out in winter of 2002. It's by Studio Bones. Perhaps you've heard of this underrated unknown <laughs> uh, studio. Uh, they've done... Uh, uh, unknown shonen shows like Soul Eater, uh, My Hero Academia, uh, pretty good, pretty good underrated show named Noragami, uh, Mob Psycho 100. Tori, I'm sure you've heard of that show, maybe once or twice. Nope, never. Yeah, never. Okay, I, I'm mistaken. I apologize. Mm. Uh, they they do have some hits and misses here and there, but mostly it's a it's a good good studio. Uh, the director is uh, Yutaka Izubuchi whom directed uh, the Yamato series remake, 2199 mm-hmm. shows. So he's got a good little hit there. <clears throat> uh, he is the Razafon original creator, as far as I know. And uh, obviously the director. He's done uh, lots of character designs in a lot of our favorite mech shows uh, and uh, fighting shows from uh, various generations uh most one I can I can relate to is the Pat Labor series, which we've covered on the podcast before. Uh, mech designs for sure is one of his strong suits, so he's got a good little track record. Uh, the summary of Ra Ra Zephin is: Ayato Kamina may seem like an average boy in a devastated world, but after being captured by Terra a military organization set on saving the world from the Moo, an alien race set on quote-unquote tuning the world. He realizes he is an instrument in deciding the fate of humanity and piloting the Razafin. Not only is Ayato the only person who can control the Mecha, but he also has a terrible fate of his own. Holding on to memories of his old life, and grasping to keep his human- his own humanity, he must struggle in this new world and realize his true potential with the Razafon. Okay, so that summary I don't agree with at all. <laughs> no, it doesn't explain yeah. very well at all. And it doesn't actually tell you anything of the show. So, let me explain. No, you know what? I'm just going to go into a rage immediately. Uh, Tori, would you care to tell me, uh, give the audience a, a a better summary of the show? Not really. Off the top of your head. Oh, you don't want to do it? No, not really. Like, I mean, that's... We do have a guest that can that can really take the reins for us. Sure, go <laughs> for it. All right, Kay. You do the honors. <laughs> well, I don't know if I made this joke already, but uh, go watch Evangelion instead. <laughs> no, 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 no. Concentrate on this show. This show. Okay. Well, yes. I watched this way back in, like, 2007. That was like, the first time I had seen it. I had watched it until after I watched Ava, like about a year or so. A friend told me to watch it, said it was better than Ava. I didn't think it was at the time. So the second watch through of it, boy, it uh, definitely didn't, I didn't uh, remember it properly. It definitely is uh, a lot less better. 
the characters are they don't explain nothing i think the guy got the wrong impression from evangelion where it's like hey this vague stuff that's what evangelion is but they don't explain everything but evangelion at least explains stuff right you got what was going on they, he's like, oh, I'm going to do this like serial experiments lane meets Evangelion where I'm just not going to explain anything to you. And everything's just going to be vagaries and symbolisms. And it's deep, yo. It's so deep and it's angsty. And this this Rosafon is totally not Unit 01. Uh, and he's totally not Shinji. And and uh, we're not copying the end of Evangelion. You're just imagining things. And it's just... I don't remember really it being as bad as it was. So watching it the second through time, like, oh boy. It's... uh. I don't get why it's so acclaimed because it's not really well done. It's executed poorly. They don't explain things properly. You're confused for half the episode. I had to look up things and sort of sort of get what was going on with certain characters. There's there there's uh, was it Reka the the the, the Rosafons thing. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm gonna stop you. I'm gonna stop you uh, at that point. So the 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 show is 26 episodes. We uh, we start in what we're perceived at what's perceived as Tokyo. Okay, and we have Ayato Kamina here. He is our he is our uh, angsty teen boy. Okay, he's sixteen at the time, turning seventeen. Very important information that we don't learn until like episode twenty four. <laughs> so uh, he has a mom that works for the government, and uh, she has a kind of uh, top level secret position where uh, we don't really know what she does, but we do know. That shit's about to go down. So, um, and I'm trying to remember way back in episode one and two here. Uh, the, the point being that uh, something's about to happen with a particular government experiment, if I'm uh, explaining this properly. If I'm not, just forgive me. It's been it's been a journey on this show. Uh, they, they loosely explain to us that there's an alien invasion happening uh, in Tokyo, and they call them the Moo, and they're like these uh, fantastical robot alien creatures. Uh, but you don't really see uh, if there's aliens, or are they robots themselves? That's the, that's the initial mystery, okay? Well, as it turns out, our main character Kamina here is kind of a chosen one situation. Uh, he only he can pilot this this uh, this robot this giant mech, okay. And there's uh, there's uh, various government officials uh, going after him to try to uh, t- basically capture him for the government so they can throw him in the mech against his will. And there's a a secondary character, uh, a mysterious woman um, that's following him, uh, maybe someone trying to protect him. When things finally unfold. Uh, he's kind of he kind of gets into this trance because one of his classmates uh, named um, Mishima is like a, she functions as his guide, but she has a weird ability of sorts. Uh, we find out her true purpose later in the show, where she can insert herself into reality but then just as easily take herself out where only the person that she wants to be seen by remembers. Do I have this correct, guys? She's also the manifestation of the Razafon guiding him. We know that way later. We find that out way later. Uh, And that's kind of a, a major theme of the show is a lot of things are loosely answered way later. Uh, so, 
uh, Ayato Kamina here, he gets, he does get in the mech, he finds out, uh, that basically his mom has blue blood, which means she is part of the alien race. This is what the show is telling us, okay? He fights the, he fights the big bad alien mech, uh, yes, very much Evangelion style, and it becomes a monster of the week from there, uh, most of the show from there uh, is a monster of the week where there's uh, maybe an ability or two that just kind of manifests itself. Uh, I guess the idea is the more Kamina integrates himself into the into the mech, uh, the more he unlocks uh, his true latency with the Razafon itself. It is becoming one with the mech. That is our that is our story here. Um, so he fights this thing. It causes this uh, this uh, rift in this uh, in this world, and the the world is told to us that uh, everything outside of this Tokyo bubble, because Tokyo is surrounded by a bubble, is uh, exterminated, if you will. There is no outside world. Well, he breaks through the barrier to find out uh, there is an outside world, and it's really. Everything he's known has been flipped upside down. He was actually in the alien world this whole time. Uh, and where it loses you is the more information you find out about the place they call Tokyo Jupiter, your alien world, is that they were actually humans that caused a science experiment to go wrong uh, on purpose, I guess, if you will. They call it the uh, the Jupiter effect, I believe. Yeah. And when that's all complete, like, then they, I guess, become part of the Moo. I'm really not sure how that all came to be. Maybe one of you can explain it better to me. I couldn't. I, I, no. I'm just as lost as some of this. The, uh, the implication is the, um, uh, you see those, like, uh, the kind of, like, haunted things with, like, the mask over them. Yes. Uh, that is the implication that it's not it's not them, it's uh, somebody who's taking them place. You have the same thing with the uh, uh, what's his name, the fucking old dude, the guy who was trying to recreate life. When it, you learn there at the end that none of them are actually real people either. They well, are okay. Uh... You're, you're really well, jumping I know, ahead. <laughs> I know. I know. But that, the reason that is that is because that is the explanation. That is part of it. That is where this kind of it's the same idea. Well, it's with garbage. Blue. It's the same idea with the Moo. It's what what they do. They essentially replace them. Oh, so it's an invasion of the body snatchers thing? Kinda. It's just not really so I mean the way the way I was trying to understand it was the longer they're inside Tokyo Jupiter and and when they reach of age, uh they're integrated into the moo themselves so it's like a gradual change of their own humanity that's what i i was that's what i understood that's why you get characters that uh don't know that they are but sure uh well that's why you get like it doesn't happen to everyone it's kind of the problem but the um like, again, what I got was because of the whole thing with the masks and whatnot, and especially, like, even people who are like, I don't know if I should do this, and it's like, put on the mask. 
you change your mind. Um, but yeah, no, it is right. You start you start going through orgasmic feelings and emotions. That, uh, that is important. That's very important. I think uh, no. I think JD might be a little uh, correct on his because remember that, there was that thing with Hiroko, right, where she originally is bleeding red blood, and then eventually she's bleeding blue blood. Yeah, right. The, uh, at the same time when she was struggling with the uh, the other the the problem with these types of stories is again it's. <laughs> Uh, like I know people, people like to call this the uh, the Evangelion clone. Uh, it is. There's, Very much. There's it. no hiding there. But it, it, kind it of, deserves that. Yeah. Yeah. No, but it's a the thing that I get from this is like it also takes a lot of. Uh, it also tries to uh, incorporate a little bit of serial experiments laying in there. There's a lot of, for lack of a better word, metaphors, which is a little bit annoying, like especially what this show loves. This show uh. loves classical like music related stuff classical terms where you know like it tries to put some uh more uh philosophy and uh kind of mythology in there as well where ava would do use religion but sure. here it's more like you know the whole like uh, uh arrangements yada yada tuning the world yada yada like a lot of that weird sense <sighs> the problem for this show is that i think that they try to overcomplicate what is essentially a very simple story Oh, exactly. absolutely! Exactly. They, did. they try to make it seem more deep than it was. They, the, you said the, the, like uh, the Lane stuff, right? So swap out the tech stuff with music stuff, and it's that's what they tried to do. It's a lot of vagaries, a lot of symbolisms, and it doesn't explain much to you. Even when it does, you're still left confused because you don't know how we got from A to B, and it doesn't even bother telling you how we got from A to B. It's very well. I'll give you. I'll, times. It's probably, probably I'll give an example. I'll give a great example on this show's way they explain things. More often than not, you'll just get a throwaway sentence that's in casual conversation. There's no big, like, lead into a reveal. Doesn't do that. The other big example is a very important episode, which happens, I want to say in, like, 9 or something. It's almost at the midpoint, but just before it. Uh, there's a side character on... Uh, the ship owned by the military. This is where Kamina ends up when he when he uh, uh, leaves Tokyo Jupiter. Okay, the alien Tokyo, as I'll call it. Uh, there's a character that's has the pseudo position above the military. Okay, uh, he, he you get like a backstory with him. Why? Why does he matter? You don't know it's really his backstory. You don't know that right away. So, it cuts to these three kids going through... They, they live in this, like, secluded mansion. And they, it, they're they being trained to sing because they, they are the chosen ones or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, bloodlines are explained and whatnot. There's, there's two boys and a girl. And... One of the boys find like goes into a cave system and he finds this clay creature, okay, and he feeds it rocks, uh, more clay, if you will, uh, to replenish it. And uh, they they talk about uh, the the grueling training they go through, uh, the you know why why are they treated this way? Why do they have to learn this? They don't really know, but they uh, they one character finds salvation kind of in hanging out with this this creature uh creature has powers uh has a force field when he sings it harmonizes with the thing harmonization is very uh 
the the show likes to think it's important. <laughs> oh, it does. It likes to think it's using a metaphor, but not not it's not executed well at all. So this clay creature, uh, he he's like, oh, I'll, maybe someday I'll find my mom and dad, just like this clay creature. We're gonna escape from this this mansion isolation, and uh, they they escape. He's like, bye, thank you, everybody, and then the clay creature just kind of crumbles once it kind of escapes the the land uh, vicinity. And he's all he's all a wreck. He's all upset because he had this bond with it. And um, there's a flash where it shows the uh, the director, if you will, with his butler, where he's just like, mm, "Yeah, uh, we make these things. Still can't really survive outside. Uh, your purpose is to loosely connect with them." Uh, and they don't, they don't really tell you anything other than that. Then it cuts back to him. Now he's an adult, and you're like, oh, okay, that was him. And he's like, ever since that day, I never grew my hair out again. And he's holding a clay, piece of clay of the creature still. So it's like, okay. Uh, and your only hint is, like, why that's important is, I guess there was this old foundation, if you will, an old group of cultists that want to create these clay super robots and have people integrate into them you're like okay i guess i understand that what purpose so and then you the viewer put the you know you connect the dots and you go so in tokyo jupiter kamina was a chosen one to be with this certain super clay robot that can that that you know x amount of time has passed since then but in reality, you find out that it's really only been kind of like twenty years. <laughs> yeah, it's it's that, that weird um that weird time thing, right? Where he's in Tokyo Jupiter and time goes by slower, because it's the whole thing with that love interest, the uh, Haruka. Uh, that they okay. do a terrible job of explaining. He loses his memories of her. She remembers him. He's sort of eventually. I think he eventually starts remembering her. But like, no, it's he not doesn't. Done properly. No, no. So. The way the show explains... Alright, yeah, I forgot to mention that there's a time dilation uh, instance with within Tokyo Jupiter and to the real Earth, okay? Uh, move slower. 12 years have passed in uh, Tokyo Jupiter while... Tw- no, wait. I think you had that 12 right. years have passed in the 12 years have passed in the real world while only... Um, like one or two years have passed in Tokyo Jupiter. Uh, think I have that right. And the government that had Kamina messed with his mind, like basically erased his memories. He has no memories uh, previous to Tokyo Jupiter. And I believe everyone else is also under the same circumstance outside of like the select important people, right? Something like that, right? Something like that. But you find out about the time dilation right away. It gives you, it gives you not subtle hints at all that uh, Haruko, Haruka, 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 our our mystery woman, is actually from Kamina's past before the Tokyo Jupiter incident, and uh, clearly they at least at least. In her instance, she was madly in love with him, and she wants to save him, right? No, they That's... were both in love. They were both a couple. You don't know that yet. <laughs> well. 
You don't know that yet in the story. Everything unfolds incredibly, incredibly slow. The answers that you do have, the show takes forever to actually give you a satisfying answer, in which it never does. It's always a loose answer. The best example is uh, the the Haruka uh, love interest situation. You know it's her. You know who she's talking about. You know the time dilation. But it's just constant, oh, who who is that? Who could it be? We know. While the answers that you do want and the more important things, uh, like, the, the, oh, I don't know, the Moo themselves, the purpose of it all, the actual plot line advancing, all of these answers are never explained. Ever. It's always through cryptic Egyptian uh, 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 god references, harmonization of the world, which really has nothing to do with anything when it's all said and done. Uh, Tori, I've spoken a lot about this. Uh, I gotta collect more thoughts as I keep thinking about this show, because there's... The reason why my thought process is so fragmented when talking about the show is because the show is fragmented. Yeah. No, like, I mean, again... Trying to give any sort of explanation to anything is literal. I mean, you've seen it multiple times there now. Whenever I try to say anything, Jay's like, oh, that doesn't happen until the end. Yeah, because it doesn't. If you want answers, well, you have to watch, well, answers. Not everything is answered. But uh, the few answers you do get, you get them at the end. Uh, which is which is where I basically come at it from when I said that it's overly complicated for telling a simple story. Right? So... <laughs> It takes too long to... By the time you get a lot of the answers, and by the time you get a lot of the um, the answers to the, uh, the like, cultists, the, like, new... The, like, re... Uh, like, with, not the move, but, like, the new people uh, that regenerate, uh, that, like, try to pass on life, yada, yada. The whole selection method, uh, trying to tune to Rossophon and be, be the chosen one there, and how that whole thing kind of plays in, and it's it's like it's kind of too late right it's you're it's absolutely too that, late the things that you the things that you wish that they would have explained you pretty much already pieced together yourself and the right. rest of it is kind of just uh okay i understand that like I understand that the Moo isn't that important in the grand scheme of the story, because again, that's not what the story is trying, because the story isn't that but com it complicated. Be. It should be, but the story isn't that complicated. <laughs> it's like, it's, deep, it's literally, they are a plot device. That's literally what they are. They're yeah. not anything else. Yeah. No, and that, that's what's aggravating. The show tells me for 75% of the, and I'm being very loose on the percentage here, but at least 75% of the show, you're told one thing, right? We just spoke about this in de Decadence, actually, in our review. You're told one thing, right? You're told the Moo is important, they're prime directive number one, right? But then, when you pass a threshold, let's call it the 75% mark of the, of the show, the Moo is actually, as you said, Tori, just a plot device. They mean nothing. They, they're actually nobody. Their, 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 their point to the story is literally as it is portrayed right away. They are viewed as a threat. That is about as deep as that's going to go. They are a threat. What does that mean? Eh. 
They're a threat. What does that mean? Where do they come from? Why are they integrating Aliens. into people? <laughs> what what does it all mean? I I it's so aggravating. It and every time glory. you're give every time you're given an answer, you just get more infuriated because now it's negated what you what you previously knew. Or the answer doesn't really answer anything. It's you give it an answer, but it's not the full answer, right? It's like a, a vague to piece it together answer. yourself. Yeah, but the way it goes, like you would think it would at least try to explain some things better because almost nah. everything is a vague half answer. Like I had to look up the thing with Reika, right? Okay, what's her deal, right? Because it doesn't explain it properly. It doesn't explain that Reika. Oh, is... No, it's a throwaway Reika's... line. I am the I am the soul of the robot. Well, I, yeah. I, okay. It, it does it does that, but it doesn't explain why she takes the form she takes. And then it's like, oh yeah, no, that's just Haruka's form when she was younger. And it's using Ayato's memories to use it. Glad you met. Glad you mentioned that. So, <laughs> this is a major, major point in the story. A major point. Why does she take this form? Why does she? Uh, why, why does she provide this role? Why? Do, why does? Why does? Uh, uh, Kamina's. Why? Why is his integration with the soul of the robot so important? Why, 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 if he just, let's just say he kills himself, okay? What happens? The robot goes into a stale state and they start over again with hopefully a new, new person. But the soul of the robot is still there. Right. But it's connected to him. But if yes. he doesn't accept the connect, like, it's all question, 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 question. Mm -hmm. And then the very, very last scene in the show. And I'm talking the last one, and it it shows you, uh, so uh, kind of important. Kamen's painting a picture throughout the entire. Uh, mm -hmm. He's painting on a canvas the entire show, and it's the same thing. It's a girl on a cliff, and it's in our eyes, it's Mishima, okay? Right. And you think it's like he's he's got this wild vision connection to this woman, right? And it starts going. Oh, this is this is your ideal. This is who you want to uh, be with. This is your ideal person. Okay. And then the very last scene is oh, that was just younger Haruka, but with blue hair. Well, she has blue and hair. Then it, the and then it goes. Well, oh, the finished painting. Now it has blue hair, not blonde hair. Yeah, <laughs> uh, no. never really had blonde hair, but like the uh, yeah, Mishima has blonde <laughs> the, hair uh... the entire show. <laughs> uh... Looking at a picture right now, I would not call that blonde, but okay. Yeah, brown. Um, Haruka's got blue hair. Dirty she, blonde. She's she's got blonde hair or uh, blue hair. Haruka does. Haruka blue hair. Yes. She's Masato. Yes. She looks like Masato. Yep. No, <laughs> yeah, like, that's but then again, that's what I mean when I say it's it's a simple story because literally, like you said, what's uh, what's Reika's connection? Well, uh, why is she connected to? Uh, that's because again, like I said, uh, it's. Her, it's not. It's the for, it's the forgotten memories. That's right, that's the entire like, idea. That's what it's trying trying to say. And I feel like that is pretty fucking obvious. But it yeah. takes too long. It's it's so weird. So even when he re retunes the world and everything, like things aren't still properly explained, right? Hold hold that thought as we keep going. We gradually get more and more to the ending sequence. I feel like we events. might as well just jump to the ending. That's where everything well, is. There's right. still an important character we haven't hit on, and that's this this girl Quan. Ah, uh, oh, see, I was about to actually talk about her in the ending. 
So Quan is this side character whom has the same kind of Mu connection that Kamina does. And I guess I was, at least in my case, I was led to believe that they're the same. They're from the same race. Like, maybe they're the actual Mu, right? They're the actual alien race, okay? And that's what makes them different. And they even tell that, they tell you that they're Mu, right? They have the markings on the, on the stomach and everything. And that's their, that's part of their connection to the robots. And, but she is, she's like, I thought she was just a super experiment to be like an artificial moo for the longest time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Did you guys feel that way? Yeah, I mean that's that's how she is presented. That's how they Yeah, that's how she's right. presented to you as, yeah. Yeah, she's like M1 and and Kamina is the the real deal situation. And uh in reality, you find out no, that's not the case. They are split corporeal beings. Does that make sense? No, it doesn't. <laughs> it really doesn't. Nope. They're split corporeal beings of the same soul. That's what the show answered. That's the that's the show's answer for who these people are, right? Yeah, because was it presented the- that way the entire time? No. No, because she's supposed to serve a very simple purpose in the end. Again, die. <laughs> no, she is. It's she that starts when the fucking when shit went fucking sour. When fucking Ayato needs a goddamn reminder of what the fuck has been happening happening this entire show at the end. There, that's her job. That's what she does. That's her fucking purpose in the end to play that simple by role. And it's like, okay, fantastic. I'm great. Glad. I don't care. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. At that point, I was just like, I don't care. Uh. Well, you you said, Tori, uh, the answers just come too late, right? Yeah, because you've, I, at, at some point, like, the answers are literally, you've either A, figured them out, or B, you didn't understand anything, and at the end, you're still sitting there going, okay, so when I sum everything up, what was this show actually? Uh, a whole bunch of scenes that had some sort of vague story and revolving this kind of war on the aliens that honestly doesn't have anything to do with what the story is actually trying to say because at the end of the day the story is about a forgotten love interest in the simplest of terms now we can talk about this so in your last couple episodes you're you're almost waiting for Kamina's memories to come back in some form or fashion. Yeah. There's a Some, scene. Was someone there? I feel like there was someone there. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Am I forgetting it. something? No, no, no. Don't worry. No, no, no. no. Don't. <laughs> no, no, no keep going. Keep going. Move on. <laughs> uh, so, this is right before, like, the... Uh, okay. So, the military found out a way to get rid of the, the Tokyo Jupiter barrier. Okay? And that unleashes the quote-unquote, Moo alien race, even though that they were humans. (laughs) Uh, And they're going to invade. They're going to take over Earth. Uh, So, before the big battle, you get a scene where Kamina uh, uh, and and Haruko Haruko are on the ship, and her younger sister, uh, 
who, who's had a, a very a varying degrees of crushes throughout the show, uh, finally goes, ah, I used to like you, Kamina, but not anymore. Whatever. <laughs> and then... He, <laughs> like, that's You're what too she young says. to act this cool. You're too young to act this cool, yeah. Okay. <laughs> that did happen. That did happen. And, yep. <laughs> so then... Haruko then kind of spills the beans. I'm in love with you. We used to date, but you don't remember. Cool. I'm cool with that. <laughs> then Kamina stares at her. He goes, you're right. I don't remember. But I love you now, even though you're 12 years older and the show told us we're cousins. Exactly. It's the glue boy. Yeah. That's so I'm like, so this 29, 30 year old is now in love with a 17 year old boy and their cousins. And then they embrace and kiss and they're madly in love again. Yeah. And I just go, that's a big just face hit moment. Like, ah, wake me up from this fever moment. dream. I don't <laughs> think you understand, JD. They were in love back in high school. Right. They were in love, and only she remembers. Yep. Listen. And I now she's not in love, but can't get over it with it. And she tells him, nah, I'm over it. And then he's like, but I'm in love with you. Okay, kiss me. <laughs> like, Fuck off. <laughs> and what this did is kicked off a series of events that made, uh, to me, the entire show up to that point mute. To use a uh, nice little uh, music music term there, or audio term. Made the whole series, series mute. Because everyone dies in, like, the most ridiculous, stupid manners. <laughs> I will stay on the ship and 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 fight this uh, uh, unbeatable race. I will stay on the ship, but you are pregnant. But we're not going to tell you anything. She just was nauseous one time. You're going to go back on land because you're a woman. Get off the ship. Ah, we're going to fight, and then I'm going to die in a blaze of glory. Uh, Kamina is going to be like I'm human still, but then he just kind of becomes the robot because. Ava reasons. Yeah. <laughs> I'm human. Wait, people are dying? No! No! Kills everybody! <laughs> in, the seri- in the series of events. Now. Okay. Oh no, third impact. It's uh, not the third impact. It's different. Uh-huh. It's, it's, it's different. He's he's singing uh, and he's hurt and uh, he kills a multitude of people, even though most of them are already dead to begin with because of the alien war. He oh just kind of finished the job. <laughs> like, they were, yeah. <laughs> you know what? I should, no, nah, I'm not going to play the drum. Shows that word. And then Quan becomes a robot too because whatever. And then they, they're, they're in the pseudo not world, but they're fighting in the real world, which makes no sense. Uh, I guess they're connected. They're connected mentally. Um, lost, lost my train of thought. Oh my god! Doesn't uh, matter. It's okay. Oh yes, and all while no, no, I got it back. And all while this is going on, all of your other characters, the uh, the doctor, the uh, the doctor's assistant who's in love with him, uh, the, um, the 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 people connected to the foundation. Uh, as it turns out. One of the children from that one that that one flashback we got that you don't really make sense of it uh, much of it. Uh, she gave her body, and uh, not her mind. She gave her body basically to the foundation owner, 
Mm-hmm. And then he just has a man voice all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. Um, because they're and he's trying to live on forever. He wants to see the end. He wants to see that thing that he started over 10,000 years ago. Right. Everyone <laughs> dies. Everyone gets shot. Everyone gets murdered. And then he's the only one left standing when it was all said and done. Uh, you learn that the doctor is actually Kamina's twin brother. Uh, how'd they phrase it? Um, he's like a, he's like a clone twin brother. I think is how it was explained. Yeah, clone um, twin. Uh-huh. Yes, be uh, and they they tell us that Quan and Kamina are brother the, and sister. Our brother. And sister, but not really. And they went into a coma while the rest of the people from the foundation grew up. And then that became Tokyo Jupiter. Uh, that kicked off the dimensional shift event. Quan stayed in a coma the whole time, I guess. And Kamina went to Jupiter. So. That's all uh, occurring. Everyone's dying. He's the only one left, uh, uh, the the foundation leader. And as is explained in like a 30-second span, I made a device. And this device can tune the world. Shape it in whomever integrates with my system. The system is Rosafon. Mm-hmm. Well, 10,000 years ago. That person was uh, Kamina, whom, after many, many trials through thousands of thousands of years, and having invasion body snatcher, I will take your soul and live on moment, uh, has finally attained it. And so he just wants to see what the world will be reshaped into. And of course, we just get it's a reset, never happened. <laughs> That's our end. Yeah. You know, hey, 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 uh, end of, end of Evangelion did it. Let's do it, too. So it was make an egg instead of, like, a giant lady with wings. Yeah, so Kamino makes, uh, yeah, makes the egg world, and he just goes, you know what? That All that stuff in the show, it never happened. Remake. Yeah, uh, we said everything. Quan's now my child instead of my sister. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, kind of doesn't make sense when you think about it. No, um, not at all. No, that's not how... Gen X work, but anyways. He retuned everything, so so him and Haruka are related, and Quan's not his sister, but if you think about it, him and Haruka and Quan are all related, and they're a family. So, in my final moment of watching the show, I was already mad, because now the show's like told me nothing matters. <laughs> yep. All the answers that I want aren't going to be answered. Nope. Uh, you, you've, you've now told me that, ah, whatever. <laughs> exactly into that point. Tori, I watched the show on High Dive. Okay? Mm-hmm. Our one-time sponsors. <laughs> the one-time sponsor. Oh, I'd be careful about that. They weren't. <laughs> uh, yeah, they gave us a code once. Yep. <laughs> uh, the subtitles on the marriage certificate as oh. we cut to uh, later show, shows me that the married couple is Haru Ko and Mamaru. Okay. 
the two side character classmates of Kamina in Tokyo Jupiter. Mm-hmm. And they're married, and they have a child that is Quan- named Quan and looks like her in baby form. And then it shows me the two characters of a grown-up Haruka and Itsuki the doctor. Mm-hmm. That's not the Ayato older, though. That's an older version of Ayato. I looked it up. It was explained in, yep. a, side, in a side Look, thing. That he, the these subtitles like. have to be wrong. Yeah. Otherwise, mm-hmm. they have to be. Yes, the subtitles have to be wrong. No, they're definitely <laughs> wrong. They're 100% wrong. How the fuck did they get that wrong, though? Because, well, that's very, very important. Because when I read that, I went, screen cap, what is this? And who are these people? <laughs> I don't, I don't, I'm yeah. Looking it up, trying to explain it, because I was confused at what he was looking at. I was like, wait, I don't remember that. What, what are you looking at? So I kept going to, like, the Razafon wiki thing and trying to find the information. But the, the doctor we see, that's just Ayato. He's just older. Hmm. Yeah, but the name, but the name's wrong, <laughs> and the appearance. It's a swin. So fucking, of course they would look. Well, because the subtitle was wrong, my mind just went into this. Okay, this this doesn't make sense. Ayato ha- could remake the world, but he remade it where he doesn't exist anymore. He actually had his twin twin clone brother actually be the one that falls in love with Haruko, but it's actually uh, uh, the person that was in Jupiter. So maybe. They never existed in the first place. Like, I just went into now, this spiral of that, this show. That would have been a fucking serial experiment and lane ending. <laughs> yes. And because we've covered these shows, I'm like, this is bullshit. I hate all of this. And then I'm talking with Kay about it. I'm like, I am in a fury. I am in a rage. Uh, and, and, and then I, I, then he goes, well, I'm looking at the wiki and it's telling me this. And I'm like, well, the wiki's then wrong because I just watched the fucking thing. And this is what it's telling me. The people don't match the words, and the words don't match the characters, and the characters don't match the appearance of what's being shown. Because I was shown Itsuki, I was shown this, and I go, okay, but wait. What if the show was wrong? <laughs> what if the <laughs> subtitles were incorrect? Okay, well then now I have to spin it. Okay, that really is Haruko, and that has to, that, and because Itsuki was the twin clone, it makes sense that Ayato would look like that later. <laughs> exactly. Aha! <laughs> so, so what we established is I don't know I don't know if, if High Dive was the ones that originally subtitled and licensed Razafun. I want to say it was Bandai because I don't think they were the original licensors of it. So it might not even be their subtitles. It just they just threw it up there, copy and fucking fix it. <laughs> but yeah, no, that was that was terribly confusing. Because that is an extremely important point. <laughs> uh. In the grand so, yeah. things, yes. But really, though, no. <laughs> uh, well, it just it just kind of made me go into the anime rage mm-hmm. of you don't make sense, Razafon. I hate you so much. <laughs> mm. uh, Animation wise, it was pretty okay. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's bones. Bones do good. Yeah. I don't like do the well good. design. I'm not a big fan of the Razafon's design. The, the wings on the head kind of kill it for me i don't know man i absolutely loved it especially there at the end when the eyes pop out and it's just going crazy uh, i love the fucking facial expressions of those things it's so dumb Ooh, yeah got got gotta get the orgasm face going oh yes i mean i appreciate it though why not i mean even when even when you get the uh the uh the mech integration moments, it's always... Tori, K. did you know 
people have hormones and um, sexual ones at that. Oh, I didn't know. It's that's news to me, oh. man. Cause this ah. Raw Zephyr show, uh, really hits home that hormones exist in characters, and everyone has sexual desires. Did you know this? Especially this blew especially this teens. blew my mind. Like A teenage it. boy of seventeen sees some boobies, and he's like, oh. See, older woman. Get the dry, like, get the drywall ready. I'm ready to paint it. <laughs> get the drywall ready. I'm a, I, I want to. I want to a piece of those, please. <laughs> no, no, no. I can't. I can't take that. This is wrong. Having these feelings are wrong. Oh, why don't you just stay in this world? Why do you have to go back? Just live in a world that's all your own. Live comfortably. Oh, you're talking about the uh, the the mind fuck episode. Oh, <laughs> which one? Yeah, but yes, yes. So, yes well, the, one. yeah, <laughs> the yeah, the, uh, the 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 the, the, moo, the moo alien thing that invades his mind, yep. and it's an entire episode dedicated to him having sexual assault esque feelings, <laughs> where he just keeps leaping on women. It, oh, I'm sorry, I grabbed your titty. I'm sorry. I could not handle my sexual uh, 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 predator. Uh, Ness in me <laughs> in this moment. That's hard, really hard. It's very, it's very difficult in this in this mindfuck anime world that I'm in. Like, oh, I'm just a teenager. I can't control my hormones. I'm sorry. Yeah, thank you, Kay. That's that's much better than, <laughs> than the struggle struggleness of words that I went through there. <laughs> my hands are moving on their own. Oh my god! And then you have the women in that mindfuck going. It's okay, do it. <laughs> yeah, why not? And then he's and then he freaks out. No, that's not part of my fetish. I don't know. <laughs> no, I am a good Christian boy. I guess. <laughs> no, no, no. I like, I like Jamie's explanation better. It's not my fetish. I want you to resist more. <laughs> that's kind of what it tells me. I'm like, no. Oh. Nah, he's just confused. He's a confused seventeen-year-old. Yeah, that puberty. Well, here's another thing. I swear. Here's a weird thing. Here's a weird thing. So the character Kamina, they tell us like immediately that his mind is so kind of broken or trained, if you will, that he doesn't convey emotions like at all. Yeah. Because there's a there's a key moment at the beginning where they're like looking at him in his locked room and they're like, look at this kid. He's been captured by the government, held against his own will. He is part of the he's like part of the super robot that he doesn't know how to pilot. And uh, he's just kind of like hanging out on his phone, staring at a wall, not a care in the world. Yeah, that's weird. Nah, nah, nah. Don't nah. you think that's weird? Nah, we should probably nah. keep him under close eye. <laughs> you got a character going, ah, whatever. He's seventeen. <laughs> yeah, like what? He's seventeen. No, he's just a teenager, man. You know, teenagers don't have emotions, hormones, or none of that stuff. You know, Aww. they don't have emotions, but they have hormones. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and then, and then yeah, when their emotions come out, they, they if can't he rapes control. a fucking crew manager too. It's like, who cares? It's not that important. Nah, he's just an angsty seventeen-year-old. He'll be all right. Give him some therapy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Therapy. There's a joke you know, for a that. show that's really, really themed around music and musical metaphors. Mm-hmm. I thought the music was kind of shit. It was okay. It's very one note. Very low key. I. I understand, like, they're <laughs> trying to, I mean, no, literally, but, like, they are, they're trying to, um, 
They're trying to not <laughs> over and over again. Yes, they're trying to not overpower anything. I I agree that it's not. I also don't like that they literally included a piece of music, which is like probably the most egregious thing to me that this show did in terms of being compared to Evangelion. The literal battle theme is like fucking battle theme from goddamn Ava. It's like, are you actually uh -huh. kidding me? Did you uh -huh. fucking do that too? <laughs> it's like, it's like I'm, 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 I'm sitting back. Some of these things I can't forgive. But when you start pulling that shit as well, I'm like, you know what? That's not okay anymore. <laughs> oh, no, no. I couldn't forgive any of it. I was, I was like, boy, I couldn't tell you what you were inspired by. <laughs> Could it be Evangelion? No, no, no it's, it's clearly Death Note. What are you talking about? No, no, no. It's clearly Naruto. Four years before it came out, yes. <laughs> exactly. It's clearly Naruto. Like, they're, they're, they're definitely oh, yes, part yes, by yes. Naruto. Mm. Clearly, you know. The giant well, he even had, uh, when he, when he um, reset the world, if you will, when the Earth was going into his, uh, his um, ovary egg. <laughs> My eggs? Yeah. Uh, no, get off the uh, egg. There, there was the, there was the, there was the, um, the sun that became the, the Christian cross oh. star thing that Trigger likes using. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that happened. The exact, I believe that was in the exact scene from End of Egg Evangelion oh, when he yeah. recreates the world. Mm. It was the exact same thing. I'm like, oh my god. Oh yeah, no, that was like a like if you put that End of Ava next to each other, it's almost like a shot for shot trying to copy everything that happens. It's so egregious that I'm like, yeah, no, you couldn't come up with your own idea. I see. You had to copy End of Ava. And then do a terrible job landing it. Like I know Ava didn't land the stick landing very well, but she always understood what they were going for. This one, I'm like, I don't get what you're trying to do here other than just romance romance we're a couple oh. Oh, we're a couple copy at the end of Ava. that's how you get there <laughs> i'm so happy i got to love you twice <laughs> i'm so happy Whatever i'm still sitting said. here <laughs> to clenching a lot i was like oh boy <laughs> that did that didn't sound cringe no you know you know what finally uh i mean there was a lot of moments that broke me but um I would say broken laughter was <laughs> he's he's become the robot. He's fighting he's fighting uh, uh, sister robot in the air, like in the sky, and they're just kind of yelling at each other. <laughs> and <laughs> here's Haruko, uh, Haruka. Fuck the name. I God damn it. Um, Not that hard, JD. God. <laughs> <laughs> she she's talking to her sister, and the sister's like. You know, you already lost him once. She's like, yeah. Maybe you should not do that again. You know what? You're right. I just gotta follow my heart. Absolutely. Gets in the plane, flies into the sky, has the crazed, I'm coming for you look. Oh, it gets wiped out, yeah. <laughs> and she flies right into the, the middle of fire and explodes. She's dead. <laughs> Right, it's, <laughs> and, and then it cuts to Kamina and Quan in their little spectral universe world where there's a piano and payphones. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> and then he, no, 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 they're on the they're on the random subway. Yep. And then he just goes, "Did something happen?" Wait, <laughs> hey, who was that? Oh, don't worry about it. What was like that? Somebody was trying to get in contact with me. Nah, 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 nah. Yeah, and she just goes. That's probably a fly or whatever. <laughs> it didn't happen. Don't worry about it. I'm like, 
<laughs> okay. Don't worry. Yeah, it was right it. in the middle okay, of all so those dumb deaths. Now? Well, now I'm gonna go and bring you to remember who that actually was. Uh. uh but he doesn't actually remember. He doesn't uh, remember his past. No. Nope. Doesn't. It never uh, happens. <laughs> it's just. It's just a clip of this is how they met. But yeah. see, he's glad, he's glad that he fell over there twice, even though he doesn't remember the first time. Right. Yeah, it's okay. He was just told once. You don't need to remember. It could, have been, it could have been a lie, like a lot of other things in the show. Right. No, that was actually a lie. No, no, no. See, it's hormones. He was like, yeah, no, I shagged you once. Oh, okay. My hormones tell me this is okay. I believe you now. For a, for a show that that uh, had, a, had a theme of sexual desire, uh, the only person I saw, or that we see, that actually had sexual relations in the show was the... Um, foundation student, the the crazed one, the the and, and the uh, the the doctor's assistant <laughs> that yeah, was y- that was feeding Tara's information to the foundation. Mm. Mm-hmm. Even though they're above Tara and they could just get it themselves, right? Listen, it's not it's not about that. All right, they have to it's, uh, look. They have right, to send it's, spice it's, in. It's uh, it's very uh. Very, very important. Yeah. No, 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 no. no. You, you have to have your uh, Sele. Sele and, and your, and your um, whatever they call it, the Ava uh, group. You gotta have Sele. So you gotta have your Sele, man, because Ava did it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 I, I can't get over how much it takes from Evangelion and how much of it it doesn't do well. It almost get missed sort of the point of Ava. I, I thought it can be vague and metaphor and still rip off from Ava and be cool and deep. It definitely doesn't hold up very well. That's for sure. Oh my god, Kay, when you were describing the Discord, you had a fantastic description of the show. Uh, let me see if I can find it as you guys continue talking. It's, it's, I remember when I watched it in 2007, I remember having that same feeling. Like, it was like, oh, this is just... Uh, an Evangelion clone, just, just taking from Ava, but it's okay. It's not that bad. But also was like a freshman in high school, so I think the hormones and all that stuff. I think a lot of that and the angsty stuff probably played to me being a, a teenager. So even like when I look at Ava Gel- Evangelion now, it definitely doesn't hold the same weight to me as it did when I was a teenager. Here's the line. Here's the line you said. This was yesterday at uh, 10 p.m. Yep, it's an Ava clone. And missed what made Ava interesting. Got to be vague and not explain anything because deep, awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's exactly what it is. Gotta, gotta ex- can't explain anything because you got to be deep, yo. Got to have the metaphors. It was followed by my comment that said, "Finally finished it. I dash hate dash this dash show. The hate consumes me like I have legit rage." That was after I saw that <laughs> that uh, clip line of, of of the the incorrect subtitles. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Tori, I went through a lot of emotions. Uh. A lot of I went through an emotional journey on this show. Uh, <clears throat> I did not like this. I don't know if you uh, you caught that. Nah, nah, you loved it. You you're just lying to us. Uh, not, yeah, I mean, you, like, you, you love Evangelion, I, right? <laughs> I, no, not really. <laughs> See what I mean? I, I'm, I'm the one that more. actually likes the movies more because it doesn't waste my time as much. Uh, <laughs> you're you're, you're so wrong. I uh, look, the third too. one's not good. I admit that. <laughs> the third one is so hard. Oh, man. no, it's not. Let's hope the fourth one's better. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I doubt it. Not where they are. But either way. Nah, I mean, fucking... When it comes to Rasulfan... Honestly, I think probably the one that, the thing that I enjoyed the most with Rasulfan 
was probably the fucking, um, what's his name? Uh, Joji Futagami, the goddamn, the reporter that snuck in that also turned out to, you know, not really be a reporter. Fuck it, that was probably the most fun character in the entire fucking show for me. At least that he was the only one. goddamn personality. <laughs> was uh. it oh my god, Tori, you're right. Dude, he's he just was fucking the, going he around was the, teasing them the entire time, pretending to be like an absolute retard, and then just comes out at the end and be like, I am actually very high ranking. It's like, oh, damn. This guy's for real. <laughs> he was he was the only one with a personality. Yeah, because everyone else just angsty or, or horny. That was the, really it. That was every character. <laughs> oh, it sounds so funny when you say it out loud. I mean that's just, but that's the truth. It's like they, like screw writing characters, just make them angsty and and wanted to shag each other all the time. Mm -hmm. What's character development? What's that? Well, listen, have you seen a teenager? <laughs> I, <laughs> I might have been one once upon a time. I don't remember. Nah, 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 nah. nah. Not enough of us have. No, never. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. Yeah, I, was, I, skipped, I, was I skipped like that, that part. I was like, dude, want no part of that. <laughs> I, I JD, JD was old when he was born. <laughs> Bruh. <laughs> came out smoking a pipe. It's just a nah, I'm out of here. I can't hold the beer in his hand. <laughs> I'm done with this shit. I leveled up. <laughs> I leveled up. I paid for that level up uh, expansion. <laughs> I bought so many <laughs> transactions. <laughs> Uh, any final thoughts on this fucking show? You know, not very good. Eh, it isn't. I was disappointed by it. <laughs> I've heard about Rasmussen for a long time. I know people like it. Me too. So, you know, by all means, fucking send JD lots of hate mail telling us why we're wrong, why this show's amazing. But, yeah, no, nah, at the end of the day, I'm, I am disappointed by it. I, didn't, I don't hate it. I don't think it's that bad. It's... I knew what it was. I'd, I'd probably be more mad if I did know that this was a Hava uh, clone. So it's kind of just like I'm sitting here like... All I can really say about the show is that literally... It feels like... it well, Not even it feels like... It, it's trying to be deep. But the story in which it's really trying to tell the kind of underlying theme of it all... It's really not that complicated. We've seen it in other fucking shows as well. Other movies as well. And it's just... You don't even have to make such a big deal out of it. But... Yeah, at the end of the day, it's a whole bunch of, like, non-answered questions. It's a whole bunch of, like, uh, vague theories and a whole bunch of just, like, here's something. We will answer kind of the key things all the way at the end. And then the rest of this setup is actually irrelevant because that, ha that has nothing to do with anything. Fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think... um. I don't think I would have been as mad. I think I agree with you there. I think I would have probably been more of JD's mad if I didn't had already seen this before and knew that it was a, a very blatant Ava clone. I think I'm just more... When my second through watch, I'm more disappointed with what I saw. And like, man, this is uh, executed pretty poorly. You missed the point of Ava. You're trying to copy, which, you know, if you're trying to copy something and you miss the entire point of it, I don't see the point in copying it. That's sort of why I took away from it. All right, everybody. Give us your scores. Zero out of ten on that mouse scale. Two. Ooh. That's a low score. Damn. Uh, I, it's a blatant ripoff of a better show, and it does a terrible job executing it, so I compare it to the better show. It's a two. 
Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's fair. Fair. I gave it a five. I think it's. I think it has its. Uh, I think it has its own ideas. Uh, that it tries to kind of flesh out in the Ava style. I agree that it doesn't understand how Ava goes about it. I. But I also think that comes down to uh, how just much of a uh, superior of a character writer Hideaki Anno is. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it's not. It's nothing. It's nothing great. It's pretty, pretty bare bones for what it is. But it's, it still has a point, and it reaches that point. However, how convoluted it is. But it's, it's very simple. It's very inoffensive to me. It's yeah. This shouldn't come as a surprise. I looked at some of the other shows I've given the score to. Uh, Witch Hunter Robin. Uh. Grappler Baki. Ooh, that's that's bad. Bad. Got it. Sailor Moon R. <clears throat> and what we got here, if you couldn't tell by my review and my thoughts and my long-winded discussion of it, this show infuriated me to no end. It makes me question why I like anime. It makes me really come to the realization that if you're going to tell a complicated story or a simple story and make it complicated... And you just, you do all these, all these things compound on each other to just put me into a rage. This gets that, that excellent 2 out of 10 score from me. Same score as me. Where I can't recommend this to anybody. There are better shows, of course, that do what this show wanted to do. Uh, like, every piece of this show, I'm like, I don't want to, I just want to watch something better. That does this. And and Roz Zephan does none of these things that I like. Uh and and on the surface, a sci-fi kind of teen angsty uh cryptic story is is very much in my wheelhouse, but when it's executed this poorly, uh kind of like on the opposite spectrum where Grappler Baki, a shonen fighting thing, should be right up my alley, and it just puts me into this into this fever state of rage. <laughs> I gotta give this a 2 out of 10, and nothing higher. That's right, Charge Man Ken gets a better score than Ra Zephan. There you go, Tori. There you go, Kay. Uh, just, just go watch Ava. Just go watch Ava, or Lane. They're better done. And it's trying to be too hard to be those, and it's poorly executed. What did I give Serial Experiments Lane? I believe I gave that a 5 or something. Oh, yes, like... a 5. Uh, Evangelion, I gave a 7. And that's a show I don't particularly totally like. So, there you go. If you go back and listen to those reviews, don't and then it. listen to this one again... <laughs> don't, 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 fucking, don't, no. No, no one listens to the Evangelion review. It's terrible. No, don't just the it. review. No, it's the, fine. The, the review was terrible. <laughs> Look, we've never we've never really gotten hate mail from the Ava Ava show, so I, I, I there you don't go. understand. That's, that's surprising. That's we got more hate mail from the Sailor Moon one. That is still that, that is still the most, the most that, hated. That I understand. <laughs> Witch Hunter Robin, we got we got some we got some hate for because we we all didn't like that one. I don't understand uh, the popularity of that show like at all. Psychono, we still get some hickey shows basically. <laughs> Hey, God damn it, come back to the podcast. I need you. I need to yell at you again. I can yell Oh, Psychono, that's another private, show I gave a 2 out of 10. <laughs> I can yell at you in private, Hickey, but God damn it, 
It's not funny when you're not here. Nobody can listen to it. That's right. Well, I imagine right. you'll probably get some hate for this too, right? I, I mean, I know I've been ragging hard on it for being a naval clone. I imagine that'll get some people upset. Oh well. I I have well, it's one of those shows from the early two thousands. I feel that nostalgia has clouded a lot of minds. I think I agree. Uh, that happen. No, never. <laughs> no, that never happens. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I wanted to check something because we were actually asked this in an email I got. Uh, what is the Bebop High School user increase ever since we have covered it on the podcast? So when we covered it on the podcast, only 713 people have completed it on Mal to that point. Okay. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, at this point, we last covered Bebop in August 2019. So it's been just over a year 1,147 people have now completed the show in a year since so clearly all those people listen to our podcast so there you go there's nothing the to do with tsunami nothing to do with tsunami nope what's a tsunami never even heard of them they must exactly. not be real no it must not exist <laughs> they're not in my country therefore they're not real so they're in my country, and they aired Bebop in its entirety like three, four different times in a row. It's a good show, though, so I don't blame them. All right, so our next episode is, uh, you guessed it, episode, uh, episode 84. And we're covering Birdie the Mighty. Ooh. Interesting. Supposedly a good show. It's an so uh i can't wait and then that that uh that continues our touch and attack number one from there good stuff tori number one yes okay thanks for coming had me i love you guys i hate the anime that we covered today (laughs) you i need a palate cleanser maybe i need more alcohol to cleanse it in a different way maybe hopefully i forget what i watched Uh, join us join us next time see everybody peace see ya where can you look the truth on train when can you touch the truth of the love so can you feel the voice calling The sky is Where can you